But in the meantime, let's uh, introduce our, our reason of why we thought that this was necessary and appropriate. So we are just coming together to to bring all of our viewpoints, our experiences to give black women the alternative thinking mm. and just giving them information that that we need to to survive and thrive. There are so many things that are avoidable and through the work that we all do, we come in contact with these ladies and we've just decided, you know what, enough is enough. We have to share this, uh, ex- these experiences that we have. We have to share this knowledge that we have. We have to go out there and help and save our sisters. Welcome to another episode of Lead, Teach, and Style. And I am here with my beautiful co-host. I am Nora Muhammad. I am Dr. Nicole Muhammad. And I'm Shabri Muhammad. And welcome back to another episode. Um, we are uh, recording this uh, in very unusual times. Yes. We are in the midst of a COVID-19 Um, coronavirus pandemic, which uh, we know has impacted um, the entire world and how uh, we do business internationally, uh, here in this country, and uh, locally, and specifically even in our own homes. Uh, Many of us um, are not able to go into work, and some of us who are essential workers, we still have to go out there and navigate um, in spite of it all. Um, our children still have education um, that they're receiving and, and, and responsibilities that we have to support them with. So we wanted to uh, dedicate this show to families and parents uh, to help us all figure out how to navigate uh, in this new way that we're living. So um, just open up to you ladies of any opening thoughts you want to share. Yes, just being a teacher for a long time, uh, I just want and I appreciate the opportunity to be able to share with so many people out there just some tips from a teacher's perspective that can make coping with your own children all day just a little smoother. Hopefully you learn something new, some things you can take away from this session. Um, You know, my sister was an eye opener to me. Uh, it's not just that the children are home. It's not that just that the children are being homeschooled. However, the parents are homeschooling them and working, the ones who still have to work from home. Right. So how do you do that? Um, how do you work and be a homeschool teacher at the same time? Yeah. So hopefully we can get through some of those anxieties, some of those obstacles uh, with some things that we have to share today. Certainly. Uh, In addition to that, uh, I think we also have to be mindful of parents. You know, we've talked amongst ourselves about needing to be patient with ourselves to know that this is new for all of us. None of us have had to ever deal with this kind of situation. So we're combating the demands of work, many of us who are working from home, plus the continuous caseload of our children I know some other workers who have more work now, depending on the industry that they're in. And so it's especially difficult for them to find time to uh, monitor their children uh, effectively and adequately 
with all of the work and the time that they need to spend on the computer as well. So just to just remember that sometimes we just need to take a moment and step back and, and breathe and know that it's a, a challenge for all of us in learning how to navigate this territory, this terrain, and to take time for ourselves too, to even if it's 10 minutes to give ourselves a break throughout the day so that we can continue to refuel and give what we need to each, each component of our lives. Thank you for that, um, sisters. And, uh, and, and, and it's important that we have this conversation because uh, one, we're not alone. You're not alone. Right. There's so many others um, who are in this with you and we're not all going through this in the same way. You know, there are um, campaigns and ads that I see that says we're in this all together. We're all in this together, but we're not in this all in the same way, right? So, you know, when I, uh, or when we have to consider children who uh, have been given technology, uh, laptops to use at home, some families already have laptops at home. Um, some families have to divide the technology that they have. Um, some children don't have access to internet services. Um, all home environments don't look the same. So Sister Shabri, just uh, from an educator's perspective, I, I guess I want you to give us um, two different perspectives. From an educator's perspective and what an educator may uh, need to consider, considerations regarding educating children um, in this remote way. But then on the other side, parents and, and what parents uh, need to know in terms of how to support their children through the schoolwork and, and uh, maneuvering through the technology. Yes, thank you, Sister Nora. You know, the first thing Sister Nicole said it actually is patience. So, you know, like she said, this is new for everyone, the child, the parent and the teacher. Okay, so we have to have a lot of patience with getting things organized all around. The teacher was not prepared for this. So she's learning as she's going along what's a good idea and what isn't working. For the parents though, these are your children and they are common to you. However, you have to take a moment, breathe and consider the idea that they're students right now. And how, what is your expectation of how your student or your child will be treated as a student, okay? Because now that's, that's your role, mm -hmm. to treat them as a student. And if any of you have ever helped a child with homework, particularly little ones, and help them with things that have become such common knowledge for you, sometimes we get frustrated. Sometimes our expectations of what they should know are very high when a teacher is teaching them guiding them along she sees how they've been growing and she is trained and paid to have patience you gotta have patience with yourself you have to have patience with your children okay they it's hard to learn when you're being snapped on all day or throughout the lesson okay so uh, remember your children are innocent in all of this However, you're innocent in it as well. And it's okay to take a moment, get some water, get the oxygen flowing, you know, take a breather, meditate. Okay. And we're going to talk about a lot of things that parents can do. Um, but give yourself 
a chance. No, there's, you can do it. There's no better teacher for your child than you. Someone may have better skill at a particular subject matter, but that child loves you unconditionally. That child wants to be with you more than anything. So keep in mind that you are not in parent mode, you're in teacher mode. And what we all know for all teachers is they have to have a tremendous amount of patience. Mm. Yes, ma'am. So, okay, so that's from a, a parent's perspective. What, yes. about, what about teachers? So the teachers, we are watching and seeing what's going on in the home, which we do that sometimes from the classroom as well. You know, with, with children come to us with what we observe when parents come to visit and just, you know, you know, you, you get 20 children a year, you have hundreds of children that you come across. You get to learn how to observe certain things. And we have to recognize that we can't just upload everything we would do on that child and that family if we had, when we had them for six and a half hours all day. Okay, we can't, we can't dump on the family. We have to consider the structure that the parent may be working from home. We have to also consider that the parent may not be working from home. They may be essential workers and the child is not there with a structured adult or a structured guardian, okay? They may be there with a big brother or a big sister who they don't listen to as much as they would listen to an authority figure. They may be there with a 14-year-old. Mm -hmm. Consider that 14-year-old has class too. You know, consider that they may be sharing computer time. They're definitely sharing Wi-Fi. So when, so as a T and as an educator, we have to consider altering some assignments. We have to consider deadlines and our expectations of when assignments should be due. We need to give them more than ample amount of time to get it done because they may be sharing resources. Okay. Most households have more than one child. All children aren't getting these free computers or laptops and they all don't have service for them. And they're new to the parents to learn how to use them as well as the child. So as an educator, we have to um, know that when we make our plans, they have to be tentative. Hmm. Um, they can't be set in stone. We have to be able to, and the college, the professors I see are, are doing it. We have to be able to alternate sometimes specifically to a household okay, okay. so mm -hmm. so since you're, um, that was my uh moving forward you know we may be doing remote learning even in the fall um we don't know exactly what this is going to look like so i was going to ask you would it be advisable for teachers to have some sort of questionnaire that they present to parents just to kind of know what limitations there are for example like you talked about with having the resources of the technology if there's a parent there to help a young person um, an elementary school student uh, go through the lesson with them um, find out if the parent is essential and working from home or is essential and working at home is the parent now going out job hunting so would you advise that teachers institute some sort of questionnaire or school systems well, I have two ideas that a teacher could do. One is if they get a SurveyMonkey account, they could make it uh, where parents can respond and it'll stay organized 
you know, because they have it all in one place and they can go in and check and see what different parents' concerns are. Uh, another idea, because that does require just a small additional amount of work for a teacher, they can leave it open to have parents given their email address, give the teacher's email address, and have parents openly, with an open invitation, be able to let you know what their concerns are. If they have any concerns, if they have any obstacles, okay, or any barriers, there could be a language barrier, but sometimes families have barriers. Let me know, as we've started this process, what works better for you? What do you need? And with all plans, there has to be an alternative because you have advanced students, you have on-level students, and you have students who need, um, meet, um, who need, um, I'll, I'll, I'll just say for lack of a better word, some lower students who perform below average. So all lessons should have an alternative. So when the parents come to you with these barriers, let's try to accommodate them the best way we know how. You cannot make everybody happy. You cannot make everybody happy. But what I teach my team is, if they don't ask us to break down a wall and rebuild, we can make them happy, okay? okay? Let's find, let's not just say, oh, well, I'm not gonna make all of these changes for everybody. No, that's not the attitude. We want winners. We want them to be successful. So a teacher can do what she needs to do or he needs to do to just alter your lesson a bit. Like I said, maybe they need a sm these things we do for children who have special needs. A lot of times we give them the same exact lesson, but we alter it a bit. Mm -hmm. So instead of 20 problems, give them 10. Instead of 20 vocabulary words, give them 10. Okay. Instead of saying it needs to be due the next day or in two days, Give it to them Monday or Tuesday and let it be due Friday, okay? We have to be also be creative with the way that we give exams because for some people, they're very important, okay? Um, and if it becomes difficult for you, Google, YouTube some ideas. There are some concepts you may not be thinking of. Pinterest, there are teacher to teacher. There are lots of websites out there to be able to help teachers as well as parents to be able to cope with a myriad of, of different situations. So don't be afraid to ask your teacher friends for some ideas, some things that are working for them. You know, ask friends, ask parents, what are you doing with the homeschooling? You know, how do you schedule? How do you balance? Okay. Google some things. There are people who are just paid YouTubers. And this is the perfect time for them to get a lot of subscribers and a lot of views. So they're putting this information out there to be able to help. Great. So don't be afraid to ask for help. Okay. Um, and another thing that I, I want to add for parents and teachers, scheduling your time, organizing your time. Teachers may have to schedule things not from eight to three, okay? Uh, I know with Camden City Public Schools in New Jersey, what they're doing, they have the open Zoom where the children can come on freely and the teacher just has to be available because they're still being paid. So they just have to be available and children can get on with their teacher throughout the day. That's a great idea, I believe, okay? Um, if that doesn't work within your time because maybe your parent works nine to five and you're using the only computer that you have, 
I believe that a teacher should make their, themselves available. It won't be every student, but it may be a few. Make their students available, available to be able to get in touch with you or contact you or Zoom with you because it's free. Zoom with you. Uh, maybe you can put a YouTube video just for your students that has certain information or helping parents to be able to find where they can get information from, websites that we know just through the profession, and have a place where parents can go if, they don't, if it doesn't work inside the box. Thank you. That is great and wonderful advice. Uh, You're welcome. And, you know, and certainly parents uh, could go to their school district's websites where there would also be uh, various resources. But as I'm listening to her, I'm thinking about some families who have children that receive um, high level support in the classroom. And, you know, it's challenging with a child at home. You know, I'll say my son's brought me algebra two. I haven't done algebra two since high school. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so even I, you know, I have to go back and do some refreshers and try to remember all of this stuff and the language is different now. Um, so we have children that are at home needing uh, education, but they are in, uh, they can be in so many different um, areas of need in terms of supports in classroom. So just thinking about the strain and, and the stressors that could be on families, you know, Nicole, um, as a mental health professional yourself, what challenges might parents and families be facing? Because if a parent is stressed in a household, is going to be stressed. If a child is struggling and unable to get it and not responding to the lessons, then that can be stressful for their whole household. So, so you know, help us, uh, you know, get through these kinds of challenges. Right. I think we've seen, you know, a lot of talk about the appreciation, really appreciating teachers now and how much they should be making um, because of all that they do with our children. Um, and, you know, today we're faced with, you know, as you said, some of the difficulties. There are learning difficulties, um, could be learning disorders, behavioral challenges, um, and the people in the school system ideally have um, specialized education and experience in um, working with these children that even sometimes the parents don't have or they're working on themselves. So, uh, you know, I think one of the major points that uh, Sister Shabri talked about was that communication, um, because we don't know the limitations. There could also be um, emotional, mental health, um, intellectual challenges with the parents or the caregivers themselves, and they may have the desire to help their children the best that they can, but they may, on their own may not have the tools and the teachers are, you know, limited at this point in what they can do. Everybody's stressed and has extra, you know, weight on them. So I think communication is very important. That's something we all can do to, you know, I've, I've had concerns. I, you know, just reach out and communicate with, you know, you know, my son's teacher. We have to really have, um, just the initiative to communicate these things, to let the, the teachers know what we might need help with. Um, because sometimes it's not even that the teacher provides that extra um, lesson, but they can help direct us. Hmm. And the same with other resources. Maybe there are other resources that the school system has 
Um, I know, um, you know, things have changed from a federal standpoint in terms of the um, services that are available to not just students, to everyone now, uh, including mental health services. So um, including telehealth, um, teletherapy. So, you know, reaching out to our insurance companies. Um, so the providers may not be able to come into the home anymore, but they can help give um, suggestions, have sessions with uh, the parents and, and the child or the child. You know, the government has really um, pushed out some, some legislation that really provides for, for treatment and services while we're in the home. So those are some things that we can look into even with our insurance companies, our health insurance. That's, those are great suggestions. Uh, so Shabri, you talked about having some specific tools or ideas that parents can do to support the students. So you want to share those with us? Absolutely. So have your water ready. Okay. Have your water ready. You're, sometimes children come with a bunch of excuses when they're stressed out or, you know, they're, they play mom and dad. Okay. So they are going to be, when they're structured in school, that's one thing. But when they're at home and they're comfortable, they're going to come up with a bunch of excuses. I'm hungry. Okay, I need a snack. I'm thirsty. I need to go to the bathroom. Everything but to do their schoolwork. Okay, especially if it becomes difficult. Okay, but they're going to do this anyway. The younger children are going to do this anyway. And it is okay. Okay, remind your child that we're going to stay on task, but give them transitions before you start the next thing. Okay, so a transition means something you're going to do before you go into the next subject or before you go into the next assignment, maybe if how, depending on how young they are, before you go on to the next page. Okay, if you're doing a workbook or, or something like that or something on a computer. So that could be story time. Just like in school, we give transitions. Okay, let's stop with all of this math and science and let's take out a book and just read a little bit. Okay, so you got to have your book ready because that is a great transition. Schools use this. This is what teachers use. Okay, remember in elementary school when you used to put your head down after coming in from outside, you would say, okay, every, they turned down the lights. It's quiet time. Everybody put their head down before we go on to the next thing because children are not going to come from the playground and jump right into math. Okay, That's, it doesn't happen that way. So a transition could be quiet time. Let's just sit here and breathe. And parents, you're getting yourself together while your child is getting themselves together and prepared. Okay, turn on some music, some soft, subtle music, some jazz, or depending on the personality, turn on something that'll get you all, you know, happy, some happy music and get you ready for the next thing. That's what transition is. Light a candle. Okay, aromatherapy, light a candle, light the candle, play classical music during the lesson, keep it nice, quiet, and soothing in the background. These are things that'll keep parents calm. These are things that will keep the child calm. Another transition is to get up and stretch. I worked on a program for a whole year where I was in a classroom with children who had ADHD, and we stretched in between every lesson. We stretch, we let them get up, they spin around, but they got to get their sillies out. 
Right. You know, they got to get all of these things out that made them antsy, but were inappropriate in a childhood class. I mean, in a, um, a traditional classroom. In this classroom, there were a small amount of children so they could get up and, you know, just get everything out because it's time for that now. And mm -hmm. after that, it's time for structure. Okay. We have something we call differentiated learning and it's teaching different children how to do the lesson, but when they all learn differently. So you might have to try something else. You might have to turn Google the multiplication song mm -hmm. and let the, or YouTube it or, and let the child listen to it and hear it in a fun way, but they're still getting their practice. Okay. And one thing I, I just have to say, if you get too frustrated, then quit. Quit temporarily. Quit for the day. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Teachers have something they call busy work. Busy work is to keep that child going. And it's probably some, it's probably review, so they don't need to bother you. It's easy. And it's a lot of it. And it's just practice. Or that busy work sometimes is just, okay, put everything away. Take out your book. Take out your language art books or whatever read the story that we're working on so always have your book ready you can never go wrong with reading okay in the daycare we center we say that is the pro uh, that is the perfect transition all the time you never can read too much so that is exposing your children to reading time daily and it can be entertainment reading something they it could be a comic book something that they enjoy children should be taught to enjoy reading anyway it could be a biography it doesn't have to be what you're thinking the teacher would give them. Because right now we need to keep children in the structure and in the practice so we don't lose them. Summertime is coming. They already had that two months. Now when we tack on the three, four months that we've been out, you know, we wanna keep them structured. We wanna keep those brains flowing, you know, the, the juices flowing. And um, I would also constantly remind them that they will be going back to school. The young ones don't have a concept of time. This could be forever as far as they know, you know, but let's remind them and get them excited about going to school and let's try our best to eliminate comments. Like, I can't wait till you go back to school. Right. Oh, this is ridiculous. I'm getting sick of this whole homeschooling thing. Say that to yourself. Say that to your mate. Say that to uh, your friends, but please try not to lay that burden on the child that they're that they that teaching them is a burden right okay right. we want to keep them positive as much as we can and i hope those things help very very helpful so have your your toolkit yes toolkit okay um now you know with thinking about all that she said um nicole that that's a lot right uh, at some point if we are if we are home working we still have to get our work done for our employer. And I know that, you know, for the state of New Jersey, initially when they were closing down schools, those state employees who had children that were now home, um, those employees could uh, make arrangements with um, their department to be able to figure out how to work that out without penalty. And now that, you know, uh, most uh, workers are home who are working, um, for the state, there's some of them are still home, um, but as Shabri just laid out, there's so 
um, to be efficient and to be effective with teaching our children at home, that, that's a lot that she gave us. It requires a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of patience. But we still have to work because we still are responsible to our employers. So how do we structure all of that? You know, you may have one laptop that you use for work, but your child might need that for school. Um, internet, you know, capacity. Um, Wi-Fi bandwidth, you know, your child might have to Zoom with the teacher, but you have to Zoom in a meeting. Um, and then in general, um, Nicole, thinking about boundaries that we may have to give our employers so that we can support our children and our household during this trying time. What can you offer us to help us do that successfully? Well, I think one major thing is also communicating with our employers, having an open dialogue with them. So not just with the teachers, but our employers may not realize how much um, we have to do with our children as well, or they may not know necessarily that we have small children or children that need more um, you know, guidance and monitoring. So communicating with our employers that for them to understand also that we have to fit in both of these things. And I think, and I hopefully, you know, on a widespread scale that the employers are understanding that, you know, they likely have children. So hopefully they, you know, can understand a bit, even from experience that we're all trying to, to build in all of these things that we have to do throughout the day. Um, and it, with meetings, you know, I know sometimes with the schooling, things might be more fixed, but if at all we have any leeway as employees to try to schedule or suggest times that don't conflict as much with the, the time that our children need. Um, so just try to look for ways for scheduling um, as much as we can control that. Um, looking at the things that maybe we can go without if and weigh the two if there really is a definite conflict what might be more important at the time what time might be more significant or that child might need us more than we might need to attend this particular meeting or maybe this is an emergent meeting and we might need to call in help or you know a sibling if one is available Mm -hmm. uh, so I think we have to kind of be more strategic and really, you know, we have this time at home, but we really have to be more strategic with that time and to the best of our abilities to control what we do schedule and working around, around the two. Wow, that's great advice, strategic planning. Um, so I'm thinking about, you know, some of our frontline workers who are in the medical profession, who are in maintenance roles housekeeping roles, um, those who are in these supermarkets, some working very long hours and not there to support the children academically. Um, there's anxiety there. There's anxiety around our graduating seniors who are coming out of high school, going to college, our graduating seniors of college who are coming out and want to find employment, you know, and, and, and kind of get on their way or you know, uh, go on to graduate studies. So just, you know, and, and just staying with you, Nicole, for a moment before we transition 
this conversation to Shabri, just the, the, the not knowing, you know, I, I have a graduating senior who's going to go to college. And I know just kind of that uncertainty can build a lot of tension and, 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 and some stress. So help us manage that uncertainty for our students who are in this um, um, transitional time in their lives, not even being able to have the typical graduation that they've been waiting for so that they can be celebrated by their family and by their community. Right, and first of all, it's not easy. You know, I think one first is to acknowledge it, you know, that it, it can be, and it is anxiety provoking for, for a lot of us. Um, because anytime that you are operating in a situation where you don't have control, that automatically is going to increase your anxiety. You know, we, we want to be in control of things in our lives. And when a situation like this happens, we, you know, our world is completely different and very quickly, right. you know, we didn't have a warning for it. So that adds additional anxiety. So I think definitely at first acknowledging what a challenging situation that we all are in and not trying to ignore it or avoid it. Um, but also not to dwell on it either. I think we also have to remind one another to think about those things that we do have control over. So this has changed our lives um, drastically, but what about those things that we can control? What, what can we schedule? Um, you know, communicating with those um, in work, in schools, uh, to the best of our ability. Um, and look at whatever is positive about this situation. Um, there's always some kind of positive, I don't want to say a spin, but a, another side to it that we can look at it. You know, two different people can look at the same, same circumstance. One could be distraught and one could see the, the great thing that the other person can't. So, you know, some of those things could be the, the extra time that we do have, you know, with our children, um, you know, as a family. Um, also, I've seen on TV, you know, I think also having a support network for the children, particularly those who are, you know, for, for example, those who are graduating, this is huge. Right. You spend years of your life and then, I mean, graduating from high school is a huge thing. That's a huge milestone you've gone through elementary and middle school and these tough years in high school, and then you can't walk across the stage and get your diploma and, you know, have your, your teacher, your, your administrator so proud of you, seeing them, you know, making them proud, yourself proud, your families. So I, I've seen, um, you know, on TV that students have Kind of networks together or even networking with other students in your school um, you know there are also celebrities coming in and um, participating in ceremonies so I, I think that there there needs to be some creativity also that happens within you know within the families and the in the schools the school systems of what we can do to make the best out of this situation so we can't necessarily gather, you know, hundreds of students and all of their families and everybody who wants to see them. But what can we do to 
you know, make the best of it and make it um, the best experience that it possibly can be. You know, we're all using this technology now. You know, how can we, you know, make the make a fun, you know, we, we may not be able to get together, but an event online. Some of these um, tools have the capacity to have over 100 people on at one time. And those are some things that we don't have to necessarily do, um, you know, depending on how large the institution is as a whole school, but, you know, your groups of friends. And I think, you know, them reaching out and communicating with each other of what they're going through, how they're handling it. Um, you know, I've seen, seen a father on TV, he asked his daughter out to the prom because she, you know, she wasn't going to be able to go. So just trying to think of whatever we can do to make it the best of it and, and how we can help them in that way. I think that's great advice. I, I had a conversation with my son. Um, I have one son that, like I said, he's graduating high school. The other one is supposed to be sitting for his um, exam to get his learners permit for driving. You know, um, but what I shared is, you know, try not to think, why me? Think of this as an opportunity that, you know, you're of that generation um, that can talk about what an interruption was like for them. And um, they'll have a, you know, we all talk about where were you when or where were you when, right? Um, so they'll have something to take into their uh, adulthood and um, can pull from this in, in future um, experiences. I think about college essays, <laughs> you know, um, and talking about how this has impacted you. So I, I try to encourage him, both of them, to find the opportunity in this. Uh, but Sister uh, Sheree, you know, as Sister Nicole said, thinking about um, not knowing, uh, the uncertainty. So help us um, with how we can, what we can do, especially those who are coming out of high school and, and looking for college. I mean, you know, some children thought they were going to be going across country to college, but now they found out that that college across, that university across the country is doing virtual learning. Mm. So do you still pay that tuition um, if you're going to be doing it virtually? So there's so much to think about. So what can parents and students do who are in the middle of this transition, thinking about college and next steps? Well, one thing about um, college, you're still gonna pay that tuition, but you might not have to pay room and board and the meal plans, which is just as much as tuition. Mm -hmm. so, so your costs may be cut down. And as adults who've been through this, this system, we know that that is a blessing in disguise to not have the student loan debt, to not have those costs that, you know, the cost of living in a dorm is much more than getting an apartment, okay? Mm -hmm. And you're sharing it, okay? Mm -hmm. You're, everyone's paying the eight to 10 or more thousand dollars, you know, and they're, it's a, it's a tremendous cost. So we know that our young people, they're excited to get out there. They've been waiting for this moment all of their lives and it is a roadblock. But like you said, those college, uh, those college applications, a lot of times they are challenging you to talk about something that you have overcome, mm -hmm. a difficult situation in your life to help you get through it. This is your time now to dig deep and make lemonade out of lemons. And you have to do it because there is no alternative. 
you know. Um, however, as an adult, we have to decide, are we going to bury our heads in the sand or are we going to do the best we can, make the best out of a situation? Because you will come out of it. This will not be forever. And this may be your situations for some people that they might not be able to get back on track as far as going and living cross country or living in a dormitory. What I think is a great idea for them to discuss with their parents is maybe changing things up around the home a bit. Change your room up, you know, paint the walls, um, re rearrange the furniture. Maybe you can take over the basement. Maybe you can do it just for home. I, I mean, not just for home, just for the time being, just for school. And you still have your bedroom or something. However, they have been looking forward to a transition. They have been looking forward to a change. Maybe that one child who had plans, maybe you can still offer them a change. Mm. Okay. Um, if you have parents who are going to pay, for tuition and room and board and things like that, maybe you can get your child an apartment. Maybe you can share that cost with a roommate, a cousin who's the same age. You know, they don't have to be going to the same school. You know, what we pay for those things, we could buy them a car. Mm -hmm. You know, these things are very expensive that we have er had every intention of paying for, that we had every intention of taking out a student loan for. If we want to offer them some sense of acknowledgement that they have um come this far and it's time for a commencement commencement is the beginning right let's offer them a new beginning mm -hmm. if we had been saving all of this time let's go and research if a 529 plan now can be altered a bit because the government is working with us to offer some changes right. okay and, so and just, just yes. the 529 is a college savings plan Right. And all of what is put into a college savings plan is a write-off. Mm -hmm. If you're using it for a college, you know, you, you're supposed to use that for um, their education-related um, expenses. Mm -hmm. So the government, I'm sure, has written something into either the CARES Act. They have CARES Act now for university. Mm -hmm. uh, you just go online and check with that university, see what they offer. And you can still call, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, and see what you, what can, what is offered, or like I always say, just Google the topic, a myriad of things will pop up. Um, so let's offer them some type of commencement, some type of new beginning, okay? If we're a parent who, whose child, we weren't going to have expenses because they were going for free. They're still going to go for free. That's where redecorating comes in. You know, go to Target, Walmart, and still get those, you know, they have the college pillows and the college set up for the room and all that kind of stuff. Set their room up like the dormitory. Set their side of the room up if they share it, like a dormitory. And give them some boundaries uh, with the other children in the home who need to know that this individual is in college now. They need some peace and quiet. They need some quiet hours that could be uh, substantiated in the home. This may not be forever, but it could be, and we want to see them successful. So we have to work together. We have to. We don't have an alternative of working together. Um, and Google some other ideas. These are just some things that we've come up with, but Google some other ideas. And if I may add one thing about homeschooling, 
for many parents who find that to be difficult or who think that they um, can't do it or they are having difficulty finding the time, remember, homeschooling is your design. Hmm. Homeschooling does not have to be eight to three. Children don't have to be scheduled or organized that way if it does not fit with the home. Homeschooling can be on the weekends. Homeschooling can be after hours, okay? Um, homeschooling doesn't have to be structured. It does not have to be structured. It is your structure. If that's what works for you and your child, maybe that's how you have to do it. There's a, a celebrity who was talking about the homeschooling, how she's putting her in church in there. She's putting in religion in there because that's what they believe. And now my child's going to get it all. Now we're going to do the reading and writing, but we're going to do church, you know? And she found it to be very difficult because the frustration and the lack of patience that she's learning she has, it wasn't working. And instead of holding her child back, she got a college student to come in to tutor. Okay. And she was saying, you know, she wouldn't allow anybody into the home during the quarantine. So I don't know if it's Zoom, but I believe that the student comes, the tutor comes to the home. And she said, as long as they can get us through the math, the reading, the science and writing, we only need them a few hours. Mm -hmm. And then we will take over, nice. okay, with the religion, the singing and things like that, because they're an entertainer. And uh, so I think parents should just, you know, remember there is no one better than you. And you're not held to some standard as a trained mm. professional. That's important. I'm do glad. What, yes. Do it your way and just make a list of all. If you want to tackle one subject a day, do it. That's still five throughout the week. And if they have more than that, you can add Saturday and Sunday and just give yourself, just give them an hour. Mm -hmm. But you can do it the way you need to do it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So like Sister Nicole said, that communication with the teacher that communication with other parents. There may be someone in your community, like your church or your temple or where, or your community center. There may be someone who is doing something that would help you. Maybe that individual is Zooming neighborhood children mm. and you need to sign up for something like that. You know, um, definitely, um, I'm trying to think of the word, when there's a associate, homeowners association, mm -hmm. you know, check with them. There may be things going on that you don't realize are going on. And, um, and use your village. Use your village to your advantage. This is the perfect time. I love, I love, love, love everything that I heard. I even thought about um, in terms of, you know, helping our, the college student transition who would ordinarily go to the dorm, but because of where we are, might not. I was thinking grandma's house. Yeah. Grandma has a spare bedroom, right? Now you're kind of on your own, but, you know, you're still... Um, in, in a household of a family member, but even something like that, if, if the things like that were an option. But you really gave us a lot to think about, a lot of great, great ideas. And so as we're winding down, um, Nicole, you know, just thinking about just, you know, us managing through this um, pandemic in general, some people are dealing with uncertainty with um, employment, with, um, you know, the incoming bills, because as we are, living day to day, we might not have income coming in, but we definitely are consuming, whether it's your light bill, your gas, um, um, whether you're cooling your home, um, eating food. So just in general, you know, we don't know 
what tomorrow is going to bring. Um, and then those who states are opening up and saying, look, you, you can't collect unemployment because we've opened up. So you got to get back out here. So, um, you know, is there some guidance that you can give to us to um, help us do this safely? I know some people are, you know, in, in, in difficult situations dealing with recovery from addiction. So they can't go out and do AA and have um, someone that they can hug and that they can touch um, or narcotics uh, anonymous. Um, people who, as we talked about earlier, you mentioned it, mental health and, you know, we have this option with the telehealth. Um, they're talking about domestic violence, you know, on the rise. Um, you know, children had an escape from predators that live with them at home and they could go to school. Um, so these are very challenging times for us um, emotionally and spiritually. So as we are just closing out and winding down, um, what can you share with us to, to, to help and, and support us through this time and through the uncertainty that um, waits ahead? Well, as you said, it's, it's very difficult and some people have very, very um, difficult, sometimes traumatic um, situations that they're enduring. Um, and one thing I wanna talk about, you mentioned those who uh, have issues with substance abuse. There are also some, that this technology that we have right now is, is really a benefit to us. It can be a benefit. I know that there are groups and there are different apps that people can research because when an individual has gone through substance abuse or substance dependence, you know, there's, there's nothing like being able to communicate with other people who have gone through that as well. Um, and other things, domestic violence. And so I know that there are um, apps that you can download on your computer, on your phone, where it's like a support network for other people who are dealing with, you know, being home, you have all this time, um, the liquor stores are open, you can still still find substances, addictive substances. So there, I know that people are really reaching out to one another um, and they, they chat and they have these groups so they may not be able to go to AA or NA, but there's still an opportunity to, to network and you know, talk about how they are getting through it, being at home, having all this time. And, you know, because part of going out and being busy is, is something that helps a lot of people to fight off that addiction. Um, so I think definitely reaching out, um, as I said, uh, with mental health services as well, there is a lot more opportunity uh, these days for, you know, you can do it on your phone. They're, they've even pushed now the, um, the organizations like the American Psychological Association and and I'm sure employers as well have pushed because initially when the um, regulations came out, you had to, it had to still be quote unquote face to face. So you had to see the other person. Now they, they're permitting it so that it can be on the phone as well. So you don't have to, the provider can still provide care. So even if you don't have the technology to, to Zoom with a clinician, now you can do it over the phone. And they're saying how it, it's just so necessary that people have someone that they can reach out to and get guidance from, get support from. Um, you know, sometimes people who are close to you, it can be a bit much to, to handle everything that you're dealing with. So 
having someone outside that's experienced with that, I think is helpful. Um, in terms of financial things, I think also, you know, being proactive, you know, a, a lot of people aren't, haven't received their unemployment, aren't eligible for unemployment for whatever reason. So reaching out to our, um, you know, bill collectors and letting them know that we have limitations. Uh, some are offering forbearances or alleviating late payments for, for customers. So definitely reaching out and, and asking, you know, it doesn't hurt to ask if they have anything that can help during this situation. Um, and then I just also wanted to uh, point out some of the things to the continuation of what Shabri was saying about our, our young people. And as parents, I think it's also a good life lesson on resilience, mm. um, taking it as a, a, as a life teaching opportunity because, and for us all, you know, there are gonna be situations that we just can't control. So what do we do within those situations? How do we not just get through it? You know, we hear a lot of, you know, this too shall pass, but while it's passing, what are we doing actively to get through it successfully? So that when we are able to live lives more, more freely or in the way that we want to, that we've been preparing ourselves and we see it as an opportunity to come out stronger, better, um, you know, just strengthened and, and having learned and being able to apply this in our lives going forward and to know that, you know, something else is going to happen down the line that we, that we don't have control over. So how do we navigate it in a proactive, in a proactive manner? Wow. Thank you. Thank you. How about you, Shabri? Any closing thoughts? Yes. Great information with us. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Uh, you know, I just want to take a few minutes to tell the parents with the homeschooling, get into it. Get into it. You know, you, you can put up your little sign in your little designated area at home. I'm teacher mommy. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you can call me teacher mommy, teacher Nora, teacher Nicole. This is your only time you get to call me by my name. Let's get into it, right? Because mom is the teacher and we want to get them to respect mom as the teacher and not this person who they can get over on and I need a snack. I need to drink a water. I'm tired. We need to take a break. And they, they want to do all that and not do any work. Okay. So this little thing I have here, give them, re reward them. You may have a child who has some difficulty staying on task, okay? You may have some children who are just having difficulty if they're not fooling around. However, cheer them on when they get a right answer. Cheer them on when they are finished one row, okay? Those tiny little pretzel sticks, because children love the... I, I spoke to a parent and they said, my child all day is snack, 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 snack. And and they have to constantly remind them, if you were in school, you would not ask for a snack all day, right? But everything is, can we have a snack? Can we have a snack? Well, you know what? Those little tiny pretzel sticks, there are hundreds of them in a the bag. Finish that row and you get a pretzel stick. Every time you finish, come on, let's go. Re keep your patience. Remind them, it's okay. This is homeschool, okay? It does not have to be stressful. For them, it does not have to be stressful for you. Um, if you get yourself a pack of stickers to reward them, 
You know, we want to give them positive rewards. However, you do want to give them rewards. And sometimes a reward may be to stop and get a hug. Sometimes a reward may be a rub on the back. I've done it for tweens. And I say, oh, I got something for you. I got something for you, for you as soon as you're done. And then I'll say, oh, and they say, what? This is all I get. Hey, that's a lot. Okay. <laughs> that's a lot. And you also got pride. Yes. Okay. So let's, you know, there's so many things that parents can instill right now. You're building character and getting them prepared for those things that they, they're going to need in the classroom to be able to receive the information that the teacher is going to give them. Mm -hmm. So get into it, have fun and give yourself a break. Don't be, don't be so hard on yourself. Don't be, don't be your own terrible principal. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> grace, right? Yes. Wow. So I, I'm full. Uh, you sisters have shared some wonderful information and we'll make sure that we include links to some of the resources that you heard about in this episode of Lead, Teach, and Style. And if there are any questions that you may have, you can email us at leadteachstyle at gmail.com. That's leadteachstyle at gmail.com. Gmail and uh, as you see, you know, we are not in the studio together. Uh, we are uh, sheltering in place ourselves as well. Um, still trying to balance everything, our work, our families, and, um, you know, making sure that we can um, give you this content, something that's especially relevant in a time such as this. So leadteachingstyle at gmail.com. If there's any specific questions or uh, commentary that you would like to share with us, make sure you follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Lead, Teach, and Style. And we so are, we are so grateful that you have joined us. Make sure you share Lead, Teach, and Style with your friends, your family, especially, especially this episode so that you can give them some resources and support to navigate these very strange and difficult days. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Lead, Teach, and Style. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Lead, Teach, Style. You can email your questions and comments to leadteachstyle at gmail.com and subscribe to the Lead, Teach, and Style YouTube page. You can find links to all in today's show notes. And don't forget to drop us a rating and review on iTunes.